Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Merry Christmas, Vince. Merry Christmas, Pastor Richard. God's did it again. He's graced us to be a part of another Christmas day. The day that we celebrate the birth of the, the promised son. You know what? And I will deviate here for just a little bit. <laughs> I have people ask me all the time, how did they pick December 25th? And, you know, Jesus probably wasn't really born on December 25th. He was probably born more like September, October at the latest. The shepherds were still out in their fields, and they aren't out in their fields in December. So he probably wasn't really born in December. And, and you know, it's not really the day that, so is it fake? And I, I tell people all the time, there's probably any number of reasons why they picked December 25th. Some people think it's because there are a lot of pagan ceremonies around the 21st, which is the winter solstice, and that they did it to kind of counteract that. That may be true. I don't know. But it doesn't matter what day it is that we pick. We could pick January 1st. We could pick April 1st. We could pick June 1st. We could pick whatever day it is. To celebrate, celebrate the birth of Jesus. That's what we're doing. Celebrate we're, the king. We're not saying this is actually the day we know for sure that Jesus died or Jesus was born. What we're saying is this is the day we picked. We should celebrate his birth every day, but this is a day that we have especially picked to celebrate his birth. It was such an important event in the history of the world mm -hmm. that 2,000 years later, we still celebrate that event. And we had to have a date or day. So, and as you were just speaking, I was just reminded through the Holy Spirit that this is the day that the Lord has made. Right. We should celebrate every day. Every day is the day the Lord has made. And, and it says, and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. So every day, we just pick one day out of the year to say, hey, have a big party. Basically, a celebration. See, it's like Mother's Day. Yeah. We pick one day that we're going to say, okay, this is right. Mother's Day. We're going to especially celebrate. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You should celebrate your mother every day. Right. And in fact, most mothers, if you treated them like dirt 364 days a year and then they get boy, something on Mother's go Day. something big on Mother's Day, they would say, wait a minute, that you know, this is kind of hypocritical. I, I honestly believe that God's kind of the same way. If we just... Christmas Day, boy, we're really going to think about Jesus. We're really going to celebrate Jesus. And then the other 364, we do our own thing and pay no attention. That's not got to be pleasing to God. God wants us to be celebrating his son every day. Mm -hmm. A lot of us, a lot of people do that on Easter. <laughs> see and E. Hey, see and Christmas e. and Easter. Oh, see and e, That's an old joke. You know, I'd hear people say, you know, that, that what a pastor should do is on Christmas say, Happy Easter to everybody, because that'd be the next time he'd see it. Right, right. Now, I'm not quite so cynical, because I know that that's not the case. But Christmas is that we pick this day, December 25th, specifically so that we can stop and celebrate what it is that God has done, that his son has been birthed. His son is born of a virgin. 
that we might have a Savior born unto us, that we might be saved from our sins and have eternal life. Amen. And back to Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah 9, 6. six For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government or the kingdom of God will be upon his shoulders. Meaning he's going to carry this thing. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his kingdom or government and peace, there will be no end. That's good news. That's some good news. Because we well, know that, these, that might be the greatest news. I think it is. I, I know it is. They know I think it is. I know it is. And I'm so happy to be a part of it and that, you know, God chose to reveal himself to me in his appointed time. I like that. We talked about that the last time, you know, it's his story and he has a plan. So in his appointed time, and I know you that's your testimony too, God revealed himself to you in his appointed time. Just like Paul on his Damascus Road. Paul thought he knew God. Yeah, we did too before we got saved, really. We thought we all think we know God because we know everything as people. But Paul thought he knew the truth too until it was revealed to him in that appoint that time God had already appointed. He let Paul do his thing, persecute the church and and run wreak havoc, and he let him even go to uh, did he go to theologian school? Cause he was he bragged on that. He says, "Man, I I, I have pedigree, man." Now, now Jesus does say to him there in that encounter, he says, "Why do you kick against the, the gods?" Right, right, right. And he had obviously been speaking to Paul for some time, and Paul was kicking against the ghost. Right. He didn't want to listen. Well, I'm sure in your life, God was speaking to you before yes. the day you got saved, and you just didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. Same that. with me and same with everybody. Well, God's coming to the door, and we, we just don't want to hear about here, it. Here was my rationale. I'll, I'm, I'm going to get saved when I get old. Well, I'm worn out. When I, use my, when, I, when I sow all my wild oaks. I'll come on into church and we're hang with you right. cats well, now. As soon, as soon as I'm old and used up, right. I can't have any more fun anyway. <laughs> right, right. I'll go ahead and get saved. See, yeah. I know a lot of people think that once you get saved, you can't have any fun. We, you and I, uh, run into people all the time who think, you guys are too happy. You guys need to be a lot more serious. You guys are too happy all the time. Well, you know what? I don't believe God wants Christians to always be sad. I don't want to th think no. he wants us to go around with downtrodden faces and and sad faces and looking like we just lost our last friend. Well, that's why he told you to count it all joy. And that's why he says that's that, what that means that he Put a smile on your face. to give life in it more abundantly. He didn't come to well, make us sad or hope that we'd be bummed out till the end. Right. He actually wants us to have joy in our life. He wants us to have those kind of things. And so... That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. Right. The Prince means I'm the ruler of peace. You want some peace? Come to me. And I said that last time. N-O peace. N-O Jesus. N-O peace. K-N-O Jesus. K-N-O peace. You get it? Yeah. It'll, it'll if no it. Jesus, no peace. If you know Jesus, Jesus you'll you know, know peace. peace. There it is right there. That's what we're talking about. I was telling somebody that, you know, because we talked about that last week, and I was just telling somebody, and they were saying, you know what, I ought to get a couple of signs like that made up and put out in my front yard. I got I them. think I'll that tell might you, be something when, that when we want to do. When they have protests in our city and they invite everybody, that's the sign I use. And it's got a little sticker on it of a lion with a crown on his head. But I have that. So I'm still preaching the gospel. <laughs> 
But I mean, I'm letting my light so I mean, shine. When you think about that, that's some. Uh, that's a sign that probably every Christian should ha- could have right out on their front porch. No, no Jesus, Jesus, no peace. peace. No, no Jesus, no, no peace. peace. Yeah, that's it. That's because my sign. I mean, and it's so apropos to the to the situation we find ourselves in today. It works I for mean, everything. <laughs> but I mean, it's applicable to everything. Right. Sometimes people think that all this stuff's old. It's passe. You know, what was it, 10 years ago, 15 years ago now? What would Jesus Jesus do? do? You know, everybody had the what would Jesus do bracelet and what would Jesus do? And now that's like old, that's passe, that's, Uh we don't need to worry about that anymore. It's always like the new trend, the new fad. But guess what? We're supposed to be thinking about what would Jesus do even today, not just 15 years ago. We're supposed to realize and be able to share with people that it's through Jesus that we have peace. It's not through the government or anything else. It's through Jesus that we have peace. Right, right. Because no matter who's going to be, no matter who's the elected official, Jesus is still king. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. And I like my Bible. I was just looking out, just looking at just before we went to Isaiah 9, 6. The subtopic says the government or the kingdom of the promised son. So, again, he's always king of kings, Lord of lords. He's always on the throne. No matter who gets elected president. No, no, you can't you can't vote him in, you can't vote him out. That's my Lord. See, and it is amazing, and I think we talked about this in yesterday's show, about how we think everything is is how it references America, how it relates to America. There's a lot of people in the world that don't live in the United States. They they estimate what, six billion people in the United in the world. There's only three hundred and eighty million people live in the United States. That means so that 5.7 billion people live somewhere else. Other d- and the word of the point three billion. So 5.7 billion people live in the rest of the world. 0.3 billion live here. And yet somehow Americans have got the idea that that 0.3 billion is what wags the dog. You know, we're the mm-hmm. tail that wags the dog. God doesn't do anything that we don't approve of. God doesn't do anything that that would be against our interest, that God's more concerned about what's going on in America than he is anywhere else, and it's just not true. And, and God does want to, he, he's not opposed to a whole nation coming into the knowledge of the truth. Oh, he wants everybody he, to be right, saved. Yeah, he desires everybody to be saved. So again, with that, thank God, and I praise him that, you know, he's planted the righteous among the wicked, you know, in every nation, and he wants us to, 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 to advance that and then go into all nations because Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. He said, you, I, I want you guys to go and spread this good news right here. And the harvest is plentiful, plentiful because Jesus understood that people are constantly being birthed into the earth, born into the earth, and, and they was going to need to be born again. <laughs> so he said it's always plentiful. Today, what, thousands of people just in America, since we focus on America, thousands of births are happening today in America. Eventually, every one of those births is going to have to get reborn. They're going to have to get born again. And God said, I want you guys trained up and able to communicate the gospel with simplicity to these souls. Because that's my desire that no man should perish. And all may have eternal life. And he said, there's only one mediator between man and God. And that's the man, Christ Jesus. He's the door. So you guys lead them to the door. 
Don't beat them up on the way to the door. You just lead them to the door. Let me do the work. Remember, we like to catch our fish and clean them. No, 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 no. He said, you don't worry about the cleaning. The Holy Spirit, that's his job. You just lead them. Remember, we talked about that around, you know, on Christmas, you know, with your, with your family. Just let your light so shine. That's all. Oh, you have to preach to them all. No, you, you have, have to say, "Okay, now everybody's sitting around the table. Right. So, let me it's come time for me to preach now. Say no. a sermon. They no. all about Jesus. You don't have to do that. You, now there may be somebody in your family who might they ask need some you ministry. About Jesus, yeah, they may need some personal ministry, and you might get a chance. But you don't have to stand up. People think that ministry. People think that sharing the gospel is somehow you got to tell everybody everything all at once. And you don't have to. Sometimes it's just planting a seed. Sometimes it's just watering a seed. Well, you know what? That's Sometimes what it's just it is. putting your Paul arms told around us that. somebody. He said one plants, one waters. So right. you may be the planter. Somebody else might water. But he says, no, don't get it twisted. God's going to give all the increase. Right. He's the one going to make the harvest. Right, right. That's what Paul got on the Damascus Road. That's what we got. God gave us the increase. We heard, because faith comes by hearing. We heard about Jesus as we were growing up. But in the fullness of time, God said, I'm going to give you the increase of some revelation where you really know I'm for real. I'm the truth, the way, and the life. And boom. And that's how we get there. One plants, one waters. And I understand that. When I'm talking to people, I understand I'm either planting or watering. And I believe God's going to lead them to where he wants them to be in a good Bible-based church. That's what he wants them. But eventually he wants us to be planters and waters. That's part of the, you know, that's a, the initial part of making disciples. See, and sometimes that planting or watering is just giving somebody a hug. Somebody in your family, yeah. you know, is down. I was just, yes, the other day in our church. Uh, nobody at the office won't give them a hug. Right. Right, but I mean, the, the other day in in our local church, a woman was telling about her sister's only daughter passed away, and this was just a few days before Christmas. For her, Christmas won't have the same joy ever again, probably that it does now, because she'll just a few days before Christmas think of her daughter. And there's a lot of people that lose loved ones about this time of year. It's not just like people. People died, you know, only in June or July. Things happen even in December. Just recently here in our community, just not too far from Chico, a woman was killed. Young woman, too. Yes. Um, Christian woman. Killed in her car. A car went over an embankment, landed right on her car. What are the odds of that? Right. And so, you know, her family has to live with that. My own grandfather died about the 21st of December. It's been a long time now. But my aunts and uncles and my mom still think about him. They still take stuff out to the gravesite. Before For a lot of people, the holidays, Christmas isn't all just joy. Mm -hmm. Sad things happen this time of year, too. You may have somebody in your family that's going through some of these kind of issues. People lose their job at Christmas time the same way they lose them other times. Maybe you got somebody in your family, they just need a hug. They just need somebody to say, you know what, I'm whatever you might need, and I can do it, I'll, I'm there for you. And that's watering a seed. That might even be planting a seed. And so maybe you got a coworker that has lost a loved one. Maybe you got somebody else that you know, and you just give them a hug. You just are there for them this time of year. And you don't have to preach them the gospel. You just got to be there for them. Well, give them a timely word. And, and we, we can't ever forget, too, we operate out of spiritual gifts now, those who are of who are, us who are maturing in those gifts. 
you can give them a word of knowledge, word of prophecy. Amen. If that's your gift, give it up. Scripture says that one ministers to the uh, in the way that God to in the ability that God given you with the ability that God supplies. You say you minister that way. Some people minister. My wife's like that. She's ministers with hugs. It's been said she gives the best hugs, Richard. And people, again, you talked about hugs. She gives great hugs. People love her hugs. They miss her hugs. But that's that planting or watering. See, and then sometimes it's just a word of encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, God's going to see you through. Right. And I know it's bleak right now. I know it's dark right now. I know it looks bad right now. Just know God's going to see you through. Right. Maybe sometimes you can't remember any scripture other than Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Or 4.13. I'm able to accomplish all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are certain verses that we probably should remember and put to memory and always have them available because they're going to be, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13. And we have the word of wisdom. We have God's word inside of us. We have his love inside of us. And remember, freely we received it because it didn't cost us to get it. Freely we're to administer it, give it out. So like you said, those scriptures you've been meditating on that you use to get through, pass them on. Freely I receive, freely I give. What I have, I I hurry up and give it out, Richard. That's how God keeps pouring back into you. That's the principle right there. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. God says, as I give you this revelation, or this love I pour to you, pour it right back out. Well, Peter and John are walking down, and the the man that was um, paralyzed, withered hand, he he just holds, no, he holds up the cup, right? Oh, yeah, silver and And, gold. And they say, (laughs) silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we give to you. Give it to you. Stand up and walk. We got this anointing on you know our what? life right that's, now. That's what you really need. There's a whole lot of people, a lot of Christians need to come to that realization. You don't have to have a whole lot of money. You don't have to have a whole lot of earthly riches to give people what they need. And what they really need more than anything else is a word from God, is the touch of God, is God in their life. And you can tell somebody the good news. You can give somebody a word of encouragement. You could share a scripture with somebody and it doesn't cost you a dime. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a lot of money. I was just thinking about that. You said, you know, you referenced the scripture. Free, what we have, we give to you. They had an anointing from God that Jesus gave them, the authority to walk in that anointing. But the scripture says he's given each one of us the measure of faith. Every one of us that's born onto the earth, we have a degree. We have a measure, an amount of faith. And again, that gentleman that Peter and them, he 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 he, he exercised his faith because he said, "Okay, I'll, I'll take what you got. <laughs> right. I'll take what you got, he, man." <laughs> and people don't understand this. They say, "Well, he didn't have a lot of faith," but you know what? He stood up. He can't stand up. Right. Right. He can't stand up. He knows he can't stand up, and yet they say to him, "Stand up and walk." So what does he do? He stands up. He could have just remained sitting there right? and said, I can't stand up. See, that's that measure of faith. That's that measure of faith he's given us. And then Jesus revealed to us something about faith. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible for you. He said, give me something to work with. I've given it to you from birth. Everybody's got, everybody, that means everybody can believe the gospel. Now it's back to choice now. Because he says, this is the truth. I've given everybody a measure. 
that's why he said he can declare things like I desire that all people be saved because I put something in them that they can and he ain't never going to violate your free will. He said, I give him a measure of faith to believe because here's the deal. You're going to believe something. Everybody believes. Something. Yeah, everybody gonna believe something. So he said, OK, repent and believe the gospel. That's Jesus's message. When he first started his ministry, repent and repent. No mean go to the altar and sob. It means turn do, around, turn around, start thinking like this. Remember, the man thought he couldn't walk. Jesus said, oh, turn around, think like this. And, and he got his deliverance. And again, that's who we are. We redeem, we reconcile. That's the good news. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's the best gift. God's redeemed, reconciled, and restored us back through his son, through himself. And all we have to do is say, yes, I receive the gift. It's free. I receive it and start growing in it. Because that gift is like, it's an Ephesians 3.20 gift. It's the gift that keeps giving. Right. <laughs> all you got to do is apply His faith to it. Never runs right, out. right. It His never, runs, never out. runs out. You just got to keep applying faith and you just keep reaching in that, that, that box and just pull. There's a commercial guy that they got on TV. Guy got a box. He's pulling out a car, a big TV, all kind of stuff. Well, that's God. He says, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. Or even imagine. According That's a part of it. But, but he said really this, well. according to the power that worketh in you. You know what that power is? The power of faith. It's the power of faith that transforms your life. But I mean, he says, I can do more than you can even imagine. You can't, you can't even imagine what I'm going to do. You can't. I'm on a board right now. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. right. And, and some of the people on that board are just sick of hearing me say, God's going to provide. God's going to give us what we need. We need more people. God's going to bring them. We need more money. God's going to bring them. And I know a few of them are getting tired of hearing me say, my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But that's the truth. But it's the truth. (laughs) See? So let God be true. Now, maybe sight says something else. Well, sight says, sight says, man, just like Jesus, when he said to the uh, Jairus, your daughter ain't dead. She just sleep. Boy, if that wasn't Some a lie, I don't know. Yeah, they lied. They ridiculed him. If that wasn't a lie, I don't know what it was because she was graveyard dead. And but, Jesus knew it. Right. But whatever he's called it is what it was going to be. He says she ain't dead. She sleep. Faith overrides the circumstances. Faith is a whole other reality. And that's what Jesus operated. That's why he See, says walk by faith, not by sight. Walk in the spirit. That he could do even more than Jairus imagined. Right. They told and, him... Somebody met them and said, that's okay, man, she already dead. Don't even bother Don't coming. Jesus said, no, no, she ain't dead. She sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't dead. She sleep, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. Don't trip. He went over there, but he's operating in the spirit. And real dominion comes out of our spirit, not out of your flesh. That's what Jesus so redeemed us back to. the through. things that are going on in your life, anybody that's listening, the things that are going on in your life, just realize that he can do even more in that situation than you can even imagine. And here's the deal. Since this is Christmas this is the time to start believing for the miraculous. Remember? The Jesus, whole thing's a miracle. Right. Jesus was born by a virgin. <laughs> right. The That's the miracle. miracle. This is a whole miracle. This is the time. I tell people around Christmas. You're a Christian's a miracle. I'm right. a Christian's it's a, miracle. a miracle. We've been born again. It's a miracle. And, and it's you, a miracle And if you're going to believe for anything, this is the season, the time we celebrate the birth of Christ to believe for some big things. Because that seemed impossible. Mary said, well, how is this going to happen to me? I don't know no man. Meaning I ain't never had no sexual relations with a man. But she says, nevertheless, according to your word, be it unto me. I mean, the whole thing is a miracle. You, from beginning to end. The yeah. whole, Jesus, he's born of a virgin. It's a miracle. 
Mm. Uh, he escapes from Herod. It's a miracle. The Magi bring him enough money, and a lot of times people don't think about this. I always I've talked about that. Frankincense is, and myrrh. It wasn't no little box because right. kings don't get out like it was, that. It was valuable, and I I was telling somebody the other day, God was financing their trip to Egypt. Right. That's Not only that, doing. a guy named Peter Daniels, look it up. He did a study on how much it was that the wise man brought. And they say today it would equal probably 30-something million dollars in, in, in goods, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought them that much. Because remember, wise men, a lot of people think they were just some smart men. No, they were kings Right, they were from another job. country. Yeah, from another country. They traveled. When kings traveled, they had a trainload of camels with all their stuff on it. <laughs> they had their own camel, but they had. they. And when a king, here's the thing about kings. This is what I tell people and all you get and get understand. When a king comes to give another king a gift, it ain't a small gift. Oh, so you didn't think it came with good things come in small packages, but, huh? Unless it's a deed to, a, to, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, to another country. They didn't just bring him a little tiny flake of gold. No, no, no. They, well, what, what was all the camels for? Was that just for their, their supplies for their trip? <laughs> Oh, they were coming. They knew. They say they knew he, Jesus was the King of Kings. So they being just gave him a little bit of frankincense. No, they, they didn't no. give him a little bit of myrrh. No, no, they gave him. No, I was loads. telling somebody what it was. Is he God was financing their trip to Egypt. He was financing their trip there, their stay there, and their way back. And, and, and Jesus's ministry. Jesus, when he started ministry, he was like, "Hey guys, I got to go help Dad today, man. I got to go, you know, work the family business." Ain't no reference in that where he says he told the rich young ruler. Take what you got, sell, give the poor, and come roll with me. Basically, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He had, Jesus took care of fishermen. These guys were businessmen. They weren't just having a little fishing pole fishing. They had nets. They had hired servants when Jesus encountered them because the scripture says they left their hired servants with their dad. They had a company. And they said, we... And they had families too. So they left their business and their families to come with Jesus. Now, what kind of responsible guy is going to just say, okay, you just leave your kids orphan and your family and your business and come roll with the broke guy? No, Jesus was taking care of them. We know that on many occasions. Judas was the treasurer, right? You don't have need a treasure if you ain't got no treasure. <laughs> And he was taken out of the treasury every day. <laughs> one for them, one for me. <laughs> every day. And then we know when it was time to pay the taxes, Jesus can operate out of natural and the spirit. He told Peter, go down to the lake. Catch a fish. Yeah, catch a fish. He'll have, first fish you catch. The first one, he'll have your tax money for you and me in, in his mouth. And Jesus, just, I think he was just doing that just to be showing off. I don't know, because he, you know, they had a treasury. But he just, I think he wanted to show Peter all things was possible to those who believe. So Peter acted on it. And Peter said, I've been fishing for a long time. I ain't never said nothing like this. But okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it again. Hey, we're out of time, but we're definitely out of, out of worry. We don't just uh, remind you, have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Vince. Merry Christmas, Brother Richard. And uh, remember, as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. 
Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.